Hello guys, welcome to Ballers in Pajamas. Uh, we are here to talk about the latest happenings in the world of football. So this episode, we are going to talk about the rebuild of a fallen sleeping giant. In fact, Manchester United, where I mean, it's pretty much mediocre years for the last five years where they couldn't get hold of a trophy, though have, having reached Europa final. But there are so many criticism going around. The players, the manager, the board, the owners, everything was a mess and fans were left to dry. I mean, this is one of the biggest clubs along with... I mean, this is, this is actually the biggest club in... English club in the world, guys. I mean, the domestic success they had, actually, no other English club have it. Though Liverpool will say they had poor European success, but still, Liverpool only have one domestic trophy, one English Premier League trophy. So, I guess, though, I mean, Liverpool fans can bite on that. So, we will... We have Gianni here with me, who is a Manchester United fan for more than two decades, I assume. So let's get into it. So Gian, we'll start off with the Glazers out. How? How did it happen, Gian? I mean, the Glazers out movement. I want to hear it from you. What happened and why it is required for fans? Because I've seen so many fans united on this. I mean, come in, man. I mean, you can literally see what they are doing. I mean, parasites. I mean, seriously. I mean, give me the opportunity. I'll go and slash their next first. So basically, this happened during... Alex Ferguson, after he retired, I mean, they were there since a long time. But obviously, you know how Alex Ferguson was. He couldn't, he wouldn't do, they wouldn't mess with him at all. He was the heart and soul of Man United. So, after this all started, as they started signing, they started, when they signed David Moyes, I mean, you saw that that was the literal slip-up. I mean, United winning the Premier League with Alex Ferguson and suddenly finishing seventh the year after. Literally having no European football at all going into the next season. So, I mean, it was a major, major downfall. But going into that, then you saw they didn't support any manager properly. You, you, they signed managers, expected them to perform miracles, gave them two, three signings, to desperate signings. Maybe you can say spent a lot of money. You can say they spent more than a billion on players, but you know they ended up didn't, didn't get their valued result. I mean, they bought, they don't have a structure, they don't have any plan. I mean, going into the thing, they bought Harry Maguire, player like Harry Maguire for 80 million. They bought Paul Pogba for almost 90, 100 million. I mean, there was no proper backing. They just love to overspend on players, on, on irrelevant players and just show the fans that uh, see, we are signing players. We are wanting to build a squad, but and we are also ready to spend big money also on players. But see, you spend big money, but spend on players who want to play for the club, who want you know to who have a who have a ambition into that going into the team project. Also have a manager who wants that particular player, and obviously the player and the manager also should coordinate well. But they have absolute nothing. I mean, they have already spent up. They they bought Daniel James. We are like Daniel James, who was obviously unfit for a player, for a for a player as a player for man as for Man United. I mean, he was absolutely no fit. But there was absolutely no other choice. They overspent on Aaron Van Bissaka in 2019, spending over 40 to 50 million. I mean, that was again. I mean, that was needed. I mean, we needed a right back, but not at what. That what we had Kieran Trippier as an option, who was just around 18 or 20 million. But again. Glazers took a lot of time in negotiations and again, that deal had slipped off. So, again, they went to another deal. Similarly, this season also, we saw how, you know, United won back, how badly you know, Man United are wanting a CDM. They want, they ended up, they had many, many potential targets. Maybe they had some young options. They could have promoted James Garner, but unfortunately, again, a bad decision of selling that guy. 
Faram Miasi is almost set to leave the club now. And they signed Casemiro for 60 million. And obviously, you're signing one of the best CDMs in the world right now, coming from a very, very big team like Real Madrid. I mean, who's a player who has literally won every single trophy in his career in at club level. So, and obviously, coming from the best club in this of the century is something big. And he is also coming from the best trio, one of the best trios in the world at current in the current times, like Cruz, Modric, and Casemiro. So, yeah. That guy will bring you experience, but again, ridiculous wages. I mean, makes no sense. He's going to be at around three, maybe the similar part as David Dagia, or maybe a slight more. Maybe as to what I'm hearing, he's going to be getting 413 euro, 14, 413k a week. I mean, again, ridiculous amount of wages. Doesn't make sense, you know, leaving Paul Pogba, Linga, and Martes Mata all out. I mean, this should have been done long back. I mean, this is literally ridiculous. I mean, now we are what we are hearing is from the protests that. Sir Jim Ratcliffe, who wanted a stake in Man United, is on potential list to buy the entire club. The, when the potential amount, the, the Glazers have tagged the club at $6 billion. So, they are planning a structure to see how this exactly will go. How many? So, and it's, 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 it's going to be a long procedure. Maybe we could see the end of Glazers by the end of this, maybe before the end of the season. And because the protests are going real, real strong now, we saw that against match against Man United against Liverpool uh, to a couple of three, uh, yeah, two, three yeah. days back. Stopping you there. So there is more to this Glazers thing, guys. Uh, these is, I mean, Glazers are the only owners of the English Premier League, in the English Premier League who take dividends from the teams. No other team so, does. I mean, there are teams which spend almost billion dollars. Owners which spent who spend billion dollars into the team to develop it. Develop the training ground, the stadium facilities, the community, and everything. But Glazers didn't bother to develop the epic or the how to say the humongous Old Trafford. And Old Trafford is in kind of ruins with not exactly ruins, ruins, but still it's not that great anymore with so many repairs required. And also the club taking out depths at all. So many, so much depth for no reason at all. I mean. Yeah, what's the debt right now? Up, up, up until 1.2 or 3 billion, right? Or 600 million, I forgot. 600 billion now. It's come down to 600 million so, because I mean, we, so let the, the thing we let the jump out. That's it. Yeah. I know. So, this is like a parasite according to the fans and they want him out for good. Big, and, big, uh, as Dian mentioned, Sir Ratcliffe actually has planning to have a control over it. Who actually cares about a club? Who actually don't want to take money from the club? I think that's what so you know why I'll tell you why I'll tell you the I'll tell you the plus point over here. we Glazers are American owners obviously they want to fill their pockets anyhow the reason they signed Cristiano Ronaldo was basically not because of he want he was going to Man City and he would have spoiled his legacy it was just because of the sales we saw the number of short sales his jersey sales they were like they were had a brilliant record I mean it was it, maybe in less than an hour they were sold some record number of jerseys were sold and how much that too. And still, the same we are doing this season as well. I mean, we saw Ronaldo wanting to leave the club desperately, and Glazers had had ridiculously told the media. They came out in public and told the media that Ronaldo is strictly not for sale, and if at all, they would be hearing they would be selling him at around twenty-five to thirty million. I mean, obviously a ridiculous price tag for him, but uh, they would not sell him to a Premier League club, of course. And if if at all he had to leave the club, he would have. Uh, they would have heard offers, but at a very ridiculous uh, price tags and very ridiculous demands. So again, and yeah, we are holding Ronaldo back because of the transfer sales. section. Uh, for now, we will take a pause on Glazers. 
So guys, remember that hashtag clear us out, make it relevant, make it more loud, so the fans will, I mean the owners will finally leave this club. The parasites will be gone. The deals need, the deals need. Let's go to the other sir, section sir. here. So Jian, yeah. what happened last season? I mean, who do you blame for the last season? I mean, when the last season window was concluded, this part, this time last year, United literally was like having three wins of three, top of the table. Signed Varan, Sancho was there. Sancho was coming. Cristiano Ronaldo was there. The club, I mean, the team is the costliest squad on the planet for a while. And what went wrong here? I guess, see, I'll tell you what. When the team starts well, the team has a downfall in the league league always. At some point, they always face a downfall. So, basically, what the owners have to do is back the managers. Now, what the Glazers have done wrong always, since always they were in, they, they have always went along with the result. I mean, the results were bad since a few times. The, they wanted the managers out. So, starting uh, suddenly, Ole out, Ole out, Ole out. And see, Ole, if they had to remove Ole, they had to remove after the 0-5 loss against Liverpool in October. They had to immediately remove. They couldn't wait. They waited for around, say, long, long time. They, waited. they sacked Ole in December. So, you know, that again, again, that thing comes into consideration. They take a lot of time in taking decisions, which costed United a lot of points in between. Maybe they could have won again that Watford game, which they lost miserably. And uh, in Man City game, again, going into that Derby game against at Old Trafford at 0 2 in the loss. So, again, yeah, that also taking that. And again, new manager, again, new tactics. Then maybe he, he, we thought he could change something, but again, the same old thing. The same. The, the players, the players were rattled. I mean, players loved Ole. The the there were a few points when he could have been back. Maybe we could see because there was no really difference when Ralph Ragnick joined. I mean, yeah, we could see the starting start. Maybe they were okay. We had a decent start. Maybe a good win, a draw, and a loss. And then they started off against shifting. They won games. They lost games. But we didn't see that dominant performance. And then again. In between during the season, April Direct and Haag was announced, or so another third manager announced. So suddenly, you know, again a shift in mind of the players. So I obviously over here also I would blame the players for what they were being doing. I mean, we had Pochettino linked to us, who could have maybe done something, or maybe had Antonio Conte extremely heavily linked to us, who could have maybe done something mid-season and maybe got the team into top four. He is doing a tremendous job at Tottenham right now, but uh, we missed that opportunity. Maybe. It, it's a good it's a good thing we got Ten Hag in. But again, the player mindset, changing three managers in one season, you know, that it affects the player's mentality, the style of play, what the exactly the players don't know what the manager wants. And because they were used to playing the role of what previous manager wanting. So yeah, it's again, I would blame the Lasers in this. And yeah, even summing up the last season, they should have, I still feel, held on to Rangnick because he might not be the greatest of coaches, but for one thing, he knows is how to build a football dynasties. I mean, the consultant role which he was offered, somehow they vetoed it back and he's out of the club. I mean, he should have kept him Eric as a consultant. Didn't want him. I mean, he Eric knows Ten, stuff. Eric Ten didn't want him. At least, I mean, see, it's, I mean, I don't know what was happening back then and things were ugly at the end. Even the players lost full trust on Dragnik, but it's a messy situation at the end. So, yeah, that capped up the last season for United, which was a miserable one for the fans and the players and even the club because they barely reached Europa final, sorry, Europa League. So, so let's get over to the next topic here, Jian. What do you think of Ten Hag's inclusion? 
I mean, I mean, see, it was disastrous start to the season in the Premier League. I mean, losing to one two to Brighton at Old Trafford that too, and then a miserable loss to Brentford. I mean, good, fine, reality check, fine, good happened, happened. But then um, with a strong performance carried on with Liverpool. They what they played some what people are trend are claiming as one of the best performances they had over in a decade. So literally, this was a proper Man United performance. What they had, I mean, considering obviously they were the underdogs going into this game. Liverpool was strong hot favourites to win that after, especially when they defeated United last year for zero five at Old Trafford. So yeah, yeah, Eric Ten Hag has something in his mind. I mean, I can see clearly. That guy has got something in his mind. He has a plan. He is absolutely a no-nonsense manager. You have seen what disciplines he is having at the club. I mean, he punished Garnacho when he he didn't allow him to play in the preseason when he was late for a pre for a meeting and also the training session. Also, he has made some diet plans and some rules that players shouldn't be allowed to drink nor allowed to party before. Forty-eight hours before the game and something like that. So yeah, that's some. And obviously, they have to follow the diet and they have punishments for each and every rule. So that is some that discipline has to be needed. And now again, what we have been hearing after Man United lost four nil at Brentford, uh, the Eric Ten Hag had been noted that Brentford had ran eight kilometers more than his players. So he made his players run eight kilometers extra in the training session. But the players were obviously very angry at that, and you know they thought it was done. But for taking as a he took the responsibility, he wore his shoes up, and he himself also ran eight kilometers. So you know that thing, he's taking up the responsibility. He wants this club at the top, topmost level. I mean, we saw what is happening now. So yeah, it's a it's a good start to something. But this momentum has to be carried out. I mean, as you mentioned. Man United had three wins out of three. They were top of the table at some point. Ronaldo, Sancho, Varane coming in, everything was going smooth. But again, suddenly a downfall. But this time it is something like that. Now we have to carry out that momentum. We have got the reality check. A good win against Liverpool. Carry out the win against Southampton, Leicester, and Arsenal in the next three. And before the World Cup in November, just maintain that top four. Maybe get into the top five, top four, top four situation. Maybe near them at least, not into the top four. Just get near it. Just start winning games. You know that brings a lot of confidence into that squad. Well, you know, regarding the Ten Hag, I actually always saw him as a successor to Pep at City. I mean, the principles and the the way he commands the respect within the team, and also the players, kind of whom how he wants to have them within the team dynamics and everything. United did actually. I mean, he's a very good appointment, but the only problem I have with This entire appointment is not from his side, from the United side, because see, this is a guy who can't work wonders with the players who doesn't suit his profile. As simple as that. I mean, he have a certain style of playing, and he needs players just like that. I mean, who suits his play? I mean, see, you can know how Pep can't do wonders with some kind of players, so he goes after players who he thinks are worth it, not everyone. So same way I feel about this, and actually, it's a good thing because. The whatever scouting reports the United scouting department showed it to the manager, he literally threw them away. They were supposed to go after Paul Torres from Villarreal this season, this summer. The United board wants that, but he's the one who pushed for the Timber transfer initially. But when that didn't materialize, he went for the Martinez. I mean, every player he recruited till now, like uh, said Tyrell, Malasia, Eriksen, uh, Martinez. And soon to be probably, you know, 
Anthony and also we have seen Gakpo. I mean, except Casemiro, everyone he had seen close and how they play or he trained them or he they other like Ericsson was in the training session with Ajax after his cardiac arrest. So I mean, he's going with the things which he saw already, though they are not flashy names. Yeah, but the amount the United is spending is flashy anyway. But still, outside top five, who he believes, that's a good thing because he trusts the squad how he wants it to be. So I do think it's a good it's a good appointment and he is tactical because he has seen. I mean, see, with no proper, uh, they have seen a little of his tactical genius in the last game with his Liverpool. Liverpool don't have the creativity in the middle with no Thiago, so pretty much he knew the attack is only going to come from the flanks, so both the wing, both the how to say wings through their fullbacks. So both he made sure that that threat is you know neutralized and the high press didn't work for Liverpool. So obviously Liverpool, when they didn't get how what they want. It's gone. I mean, they literally played it in the hands of United there. So the brains, the brain was there. He knew how to handle that. That's a good thing. It's a good signing. So let's head on from Ten Hag, and we do wish he will do well without too much interference from the board, obviously. So going to the next year. So what about the signings and the departures and the possible signings? What do you think? Yeah, I mean. As of now, what they are doing is fine, fabulous. I mean, we had just three signings as of Tyrell Malaysia going coming in and and uh, Christian Dixon coming in on a free transfer, and then uh, am I missing out on anyone? I'm just lost. Who was the third? Uh, uh, Lisandro Martinez, the third signing. And yep, yeah, I thought we thought as usual, Man United are going to like just end it there by three signings coming in every like every season, but they got in Casemiro. I mean, the entire two months they were dragging upon Frankie De Jong all the time, 85 million to the player, the poor lad who doesn't even want to leave Barcelona. He doesn't even want to join Manchester United. I mean, still glazers were after him going after the United folk. That too, the saga is on for almost over 60 days now. So you know, it's ridiculous. I mean, why do you want to sign a player who doesn't want to play for the badge? And that too at a very ridiculous amount at price tag. I mean, Casemiro want we saw Casemiro immediately responded to Man United's offer. He immediately said yes. He immediately left Real Madrid, and you know it was done very in very quick succession. You can say three in three to four days the transfer saga was over. And same with Anthony, we can see the like Manchester United are about to bid ninety million plus add-ons now. As the new news coming in, as with the previous eighty being rejected, and the player wants to play for the club. We see. The player is you no know, has they didn't train with the club. They didn't train with Ajax. Didn't play the game on Sunday. Wasn't even in the squad. Hasn't been attending any training sessions. He doesn't. He is not even attending any team meeting. So the player wants out. He wants to play for the club. So you know these kind of players we want to get. We don't want a player like Frankie De Jong. Yeah, we want that player to come of his caliber. But we don't want a player who doesn't want to play for the club. Who doesn't want to leave the previous club and he's being forced out. So yeah. Uh, maybe uh, will be a good addition, Frankie. Of course, will be a fantastic addition. I mean, Frankie, Verexen, and uh, Casemiro would be completely threatening in Ten Hag's, you know, project or something. But again, we don't want any. It's obviously you can say the player, no other, no player is greater than the club. But yeah, I mean, coming in Gakpo, we are hearing now Gakpo will be a little bit easier to get as well, considering uh, you know PSV's failure of reaching the Champions League. The Champions League group stages when they lost out to Rangers last night. So again, so that will be another good move. And if both these moves take place, fantastic. And also, you Man United are also signing one of the goalkeepers. It is not uh, 
it is not summer neither it is uh, kevin trap it is a very different player what i was hearing of so yeah it was a bit complicated but still it's a very very good window if antony and gakpo both come in so jian regarding the side departures though we have seen already discussed how many players left like matter lingard pogba so many so i'm talking not talking about departures i'm talking about signings though as i mentioned in the previous segment where we spoke about the ten hag influence regarding the signings but again uh, i want to talk about one important thing like see the signing is as the players quality i won't doubt because see, they need an antony kind of player who can play wide and they need a cdm for 5 years or 6 years and they got one form of casemiro now and obviously they also need a midfielder who can take the ball forward and uh, so obviously they need a guy like frankie diong to be honest so but the point i have is like the prices at which they are buying because like casemiro obviously won't have any resale value it will be more like a matichisk signing where the guy will leave up for free after 5 years if he wants to play in europe see that is and the problem same amount that they should have gone for ruben nevers or someone right and but again but again bulls have ridiculously price tag as man united tax you can say at 100 million i mean ridiculous man come on the guy is injury prone he was out most of the season last year he had in man many appearances the guy is not even worth 30 35 million right now as of now but why if you tag him at 100 million is a desperation so casemiro i don't think so he'll flop anyway he'll be good anyway so it won't be a question of his playing time or his performance on the field but antony though i really think man because he in adversity in ever division last season he is 19th in terms of contributions and he going for 100 million will be like we have seen how see imagine megwer was not got for 80 million imagine just megwer was got for 10 15 million do you think the amount of pressure on megwer would have been this huge like now definitely no and antony though yeah see the way he plays though he plays in the plays in the forward line he plays sticking to the wing line we have seen like how dembele does Like sticking to the you know sideline and mostly crossing or doing something there. Antony cuts inside but not efficiently like how Ronaldo cuts into the left into the box. So do you? I mean, it's a pressure on the player. I feel because even we have seen how Sancho was scrutinized last season when he didn't perform that great. So do you think it will be like an added you know headache for the player and the manager and the team again because because just because Maguire was got for eighty million though when he didn't play good they had to keep him. Playing last season, even this season he got the captaincy because of that. Eventually he's dropped now anyway, but still. What do you think of that? I mean, firstly, we don't want. I mean, Chelsea were potentially thinking to buy Harry Maguire in case Wesley Fofana deal flops out, and if they, you know, Leicester reject them again, I mean, he was already one bit rejected. So yeah, they United have tagged Maguire at fifty million again. So yeah, with they bought him for eighty, eighty-five million. So again, considering that they're going for a big loss here, also for again fifty million tag, and then Glazers had the audacity to say Harry Maguire is not for sale. I mean, wow, ridiculous, man! I mean, that guy is literally thumping Man United in and out at every match week. I mean, he's literally screwing up badly. We saw when he was dropped, the captain was dropped, and he was on the bench, and then you know you saw how United performed and. Uh, Lisandro Martinez was absolutely bowling it. Varane had obviously one of the best performances he had in the Man United jersey. So yeah, I mean they have literally set out. I mean, and it's better for Maguire and for the club as well if they bowl it. The the guy departs. I mean, I don't know at what cost did Ten Hag maintain that captaincy role in him. Maybe he might have been given him another opportunity, but it doesn't seem work out. I mean, Maguire is still screwing up badly. In fact, he's become worse than what he was last season. 
Well, so Gian, let's head over to the big dog, the guy who dominated the headlines for the Manchester United, Cristiano Ronaldo. I mean, see, this Cristiano Ronaldo and Ten Hag, the match will never be in heaven, trust me. The style of play, everything varies a lot. I mean, Ten, Cristiano is not the ideal number nine or striker which Ten Hag wants. I mean, that's evident from the Liverpool's game. Had Ronaldo started, the actively friend three wouldn't have pressed and Liverpool would have sneaked in. So, he didn't start. He didn't bother to start Ronaldo. He kept him on bench. And yeah, Ronaldo will start against Southampton because he pretty much knows Southampton don't aggressively press on to United. So, Jian, what do you think? I mean, do you think Ronaldo will accept that he is not the for sure starter anymore? He should be almost probably he'll be sitting on the bench for the big games. I mean, you think he has a bloody choice here? No, absolutely not. He's been rejected by all the top European clubs. I mean, I mean, the final nail in the coffin was Olympic Marseille. George Mendes offering him to Olympic Marseille. I mean, ridiculous, man. That was another something, some some funny move. I mean, Dortmund rejected, Bayern Munich rejected, PSG rejected, Chelsea rejected. Now, what is now who else are left? I mean, there is no other proper big European club left for him. So, I mean, they tried to get him. I mean, Monaco had tried to attempt to sign him, but they when they heard about his wages, they immediately backed off. I mean, at 50% also, they wouldn't even try and sign and sneak in. And even for Olympic Marseille, I mean, how the hell? They literally, you know, Eric ba- Eric, they literally loaned in Eric Bai, who's been uh, just loaned out right now, but, you know, who would has just a 6 million euro buyout clause and they literally had to sell some of their rights to get the player loaned in. So that's another thing. So how will the, how the hell will they like handle the will handle Ronaldo's wages even if he takes a fifty percent cut? But I don't think that Ronaldo has to be sticking in the United squad. He will have to accept that role of a rotational player. And I think that also benefits for him and the club as well. I mean, you have that. You know, we can always say that Cristiano Ronaldo is for there for us. We have Ronaldo waiting. We have some hope. And we can get him, we can start him. Obviously, we can't start him every game. But whenever we start him, we know we have Ronaldo in the 11 who can do wonders. We know what he has done previously, how he has taken each team out of the mess and, you know, made one games in a thrilling manner. We have we are that guy who never gives up. We can already, we always know we, whenever we have those long crosses coming in from the left backs or the left fingers, we have Ronaldo into the box. So, yeah, we have Ronaldo in the squad. It's a big, big boost. So, yeah, again, Ronaldo, he doesn't have a choice. He has to be staying and accepting that role. Well, let's see because see, we know Jorge Mendes, the best agent in the world. Will might come and surprise at the end. So, in case if he leaves, I think United are also well placed because they plan to sign both Antony and Gakpo. So, maybe they'll sign another small forward from some other league. The last minute panic by hopefully in youngster. So, but I still don't understand out. which which. I still don't understand which team would go after a 37-year-old to handle a wage of over 300, 300k a week. So, I really, really don't that's understand the point. that. See, right to Ronaldo has only one choice. Either low his salary by hefty margins and uh, just go. I mean, see, we can't expect But, but where? Go where? Sporting rejected. Every club has rejected Ronaldo taking in. And because, see, every club has, knows what the player wants. I mean, you can't send Ronaldo for just one year and just let him leave. I mean, the, the club also has, the, and the particular club also will be having some kind of an ambition. Like a club like Bayern, he would have been a good fit at Bayern, but Bayern are well-placed right now. They don't need a player like Ronaldo. He doesn't even fit that style of play over there. Dortmund maybe needed no Ronaldo, but they don't really seem to take a 37-year-old. They already got a replacement for Sebastian Haller. 
So again, I also say that philosophy Ronaldo suits. I'll say only two teams, man. Uh, either send him to Real Madrid because Ancelotti doesn't bother playing with the old legs up front. They are seeing with Benzema and Co. He'll make sure Vinny is the one who Vinny Valverde well, well, runs for the old people, so it works. And one more manager who can actually get the best out of Ronaldo without hurting the team dynamics is Jose Mourinho. Go to Roma, but again, doesn't matter because they also play in Europa League. Maybe if Roma exactly, were in Champions exactly. League, would have been an attractive no, no, position. No, 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 no. And secondly, secondly, they already have Tammy Abraham, who's already in prime form right now. They got they got Paulo Dybala for free. So why do they want Ronaldo? I mean, Abraham is in top form. Okay. Bible, You're saying Bible the managers who can accept the best yeah. of Ronaldo, even Zidane, who is managing now. It doesn't make sense. Man. I mean, yeah, he was linked to Roma for five. Why will he go to Roma instead? Stay in Manchester United. More from this transfer topic, Jian. So we discussed already how Anthony Gakpo and. Uh, one more backup goalkeeper might come. So, guys, that's it regarding our transfer. So, we'll head over to the final one. Jian, uh, so what are your expectations regarding this season? I mean, upcoming season. What do you expect? I mean, how will United fare in the tournaments? Come multiple tournaments. Where will they finish? Uh, will they win anything? So, see, uh, starting with Premier League, obviously, I would love them to get into the top four. I mean, right now, obviously, it's the start of the season. They are 14th and all. And the, the point similarities are very... They're just four points behind the fourth position. And it's a very long... But yeah, I see them in top four, at least, with the four teams going in. I hope they carry that momentum. Uh, talking about Carabao, they just... Uh, Draw they in the yesterday's draw they got Aston Villa who we will be playing in the round of uh, like round three of the tournament at Old Trafford. That's a long way to go though. It's seven to eight. But yeah, I want uh, Man United to win the Carabao at least. You know, so at least some kind of a momentum that silverware awareness and also the FA Cup at least. So you know that that gets the momentum going. And obviously, icing on the cake would be Europa Trophy. So I can see at least at least two trophies winning this season. Well, uh, right now, if you it would be a big boost, though. It would be a big boost. I don't think they will win any of the FA, Carabao, or Europa League just because they don't have the adequate squad depth yet. And this season, it's not possible because already they are getting spending so much. So, I mean, these are the competitions you bank on your depth to get through. So, this is, I mean, that's what I experienced from Barcelona last season, where Xavi had only a specific set of players who were tired, burned out at the later end and got screwed. So, I can. Ex- relatively safe from that experience. But Premier League, though, I think top four is up. The fourth position is up for grabs, according to me, because honestly, seeing the entire season, I don't think Chelsea and Liverpool are good enough, man. I mean, there's a difference between a bit of a form, slump of form, and uh, the not playing good. Arsenal are too good this season, and Spurs are actually good this season. I mean, they lost only two points in that North London derby, which is an away one, so they'll be happy with it anyway. And obviously, City are. Will cruise through, so three positions. I don't think so will be a change. But Chelsea, I have seen how inconsistent or how many loopholes are there in the squad. I mean, we have seen how Leeds exploited each one of them. And honestly, Chelsea, though they might get Abamayang, they still need a good midfielder. Just like how United needs, they, they also need a guy like Frankie De Jong. And uh, yeah, coming to the Liverpool, uh, they do need to sign players. When I mean, see, they have one of the best managers on the planet, though he gives lame excuses every time when he loses. But if you don't back the player, doesn't don't back the manager, doesn't matter. You can't win. What is the good? I mean, see, this guy cracked the 90-point barrier thrice in Liverpool. He won only the title once. And that once also when like, they were too good and uh, obviously Man City fell off that season. But pretty much they have to spend money. Just give the you know, pro- profiles he needs. So, 
so that's it guys my expectation on this united squad for this season but i do think they'll play very good i mean the style of play won't be boring like how it under ole or mourinho that's what i can guarantee at least the fans will be entertained though they lose the games occasionally and all those so yeah so concluding notes do you want to say anything glazers out get lost that's it okay glazers out guys So this is our first episode regarding rebuilding of clubs. We'll be back with another episode where we talk about the FC Barcelona. Well, that's more of a popcorn stuff. We'll discuss more with that. But guys, our next episode is going to be on uh, the UCL draw, which is scheduled to take place in next few hours. So we'll discuss, we'll analyze the group stages with more guys coming in. So that's it, guys, from now. And uh, thanks for listening. And stay tuned for awesome content ahead.